This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can pull up your home life cameras on your TV with your Contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. To learn more, visit cox.com slash thisishome. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello. This is Polly, and we're back on the podcast where we talk about practical ways to live well, do good, and be happy. And uh, I got to tell you, I went to Walgreens earlier this week, the drugstore, and my eyebrows got a workout. <laughs> I came home and I my forehead felt tired. I have to now do strength training for my forehead because I was in those aisles and of course fully masked and, and uh, the good news was everybody else was too. But you know, I would pass people at a distance and try to have some expression, which is tough when you can't see my mouth, right? And then I was with my daughter and she was picking out the brightest pink hair dye I have ever seen. And so I was communicating to her with my eyes and my eyebrows about maybe another color. And I was trying to connect with the clerk. All of this without being able to see the expression of my face, only my eyes, right? But the truth is, we communicate in a lot of nonverbal ways. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, because we need to recognize that our bodies, our tones, our, our eyes are communicating all the time. We get a lot of insight from the expression on our face with regards to a smile or a grimace or whatever it is. Now we're losing that due to the mass, but there are still plenty of messages that we send non-verbally. And we need to be in tune with that, number one, so we can use them to connect with people in a positive way and kind of breach the loneliness that many people are feeling, but in another way, so that we're aware of what we are communicating, right? Because sarcasm doesn't work as well as it used to when you could see the smile on my face, right? Now it can come off as a little uh, snarky or edgy. That's not at all what I'm trying to communicate. So lots of learning to be done. And that's okay. I think this is an opportunity for us because the reality is the majority of our communication has always been done non-verbally through tone, voice, gestures, the words we use, the pacing we use when we speak, and facial expression. You can tell a lot about a person's mood or meaning by their tone of voice, by whether they smile or not, by how they move their eyes, are their eyebrows narrowed, are they looking angry or sad upwards or confused. Now we get to pay attention to those nonverbal skills when we don't have the smiles to go on or 
the mouth expressions. I've read some articles that say up to 90% of all our communication is nonverbal. That seems a little high to me. I have read some uh, university studies. One study showed that it might be as much as 83%. Uh, So that's still pretty high. What is clear is that the nonverbal counts for a lot more than the words we use. It's more than half of how we understand each other. So whether we're dealing with uh, masks and a pandemic or returning back to our new normal, we've got to get better at this. And one thing I've learned over the years through the articles I've written and the people I've worked with is that when it comes to working or living with older people, people who may have dementia or people who may be living with um, mental disorders or disabilities or sensory limitations, perhaps they can't hear as well or see as well, that the nonverbal cues are especially important. For instance, as we get older, we may not be able to hear as well. I'm already going through that. And those living with dementia have a harder time comprehending spoken words and the meanings behind them. Their cognition is changing and they don't process words the same way. But they can see and understand and adapt to our expressions and our gestures. So we can learn a lot by looking at each other and by paying attention to the nonverbal cues there and by taking time to hone our own nonverbal communication, right? If we are living with someone who is dealing with some sensory limitations, there are lots of ways we can uh, bridge that gap to make ourselves understood and help them be understood as well so nobody has to live in fear or upset, all right? Research shows that when it comes to nonverbal communication, it's still in our eyes. New study from the Belkin School for Special Education out of Israel discovered that most of us can accurately understand basic emotions like happiness and sadness by looking at the eyes of alone. So that helps if we're wearing a mask. Gazing into another person's eyes is going to give you some insight into what they're feeling and how they're communicating. But even then, a lot of people made mistakes. About 18% of the study participants got all of those cues wrong when simply looking at the eyes. So we've got to be patient with ourselves and each other. We've got to practice this and take cues and use other gestures and nonverbal details to be understood and to understand. So today... We're going to talk about some ways to do that. And this first thing is not a nonverbal cue at all, but it's something that I think is essential to how we relate to each other. And that is give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I wrote about this in my newsletter, How to Live an Awesome Life, a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's a big one. If you want to read more about it, you can uh, reach out to me on Twitter at PL Campbell and DM me and ask for uh, uh, that newsletter and to be added to the list. Or you can see some greater detail in my column at Psychology Today. Go to the Psychology Today website, search for my column at Imperfect Spirituality, and you can find more about it there. And I'll also put it uh, a link to this in the show description today. So you can find it there. Lots of ways to hook up on it. But what the research shows is that people who regularly give others the benefit of the doubt 
are happier and have stronger relationships than those who feel like mishaps are intentional and malicious, right? Crappy things happen, right? People cut us off on the freeway or fail to say hello when we're passing them on the street. Maybe they let the door slam in your face without even realizing you were there. It seems so impolite. It's so annoying. Sometimes I let that stuff get to me. But what I have learned and what the research shows is that when we can let it go, when we can give people the benefit of the doubt and recognize that that behavior was not intentionally malicious, probably had nothing to do with us and just say, oh, that's just the way it is. They're just having that kind of day. Then we tend to feel happier ourselves and we tend to have stronger relationships in our own lives. So it benefits us. We feel better. And when we hang out with people who think that way, when we hang out with people who tend to be more open and friendly to the world, we adapt that behavior too and begin to feel that way ourselves. We can shift our thinking and see the world as a more benevolent place. And that makes us more patient and kind with others. And this is huge when it comes to our nonverbal language, because a lot of us are going to be misunderstood, or we are going to be doing the misunderstanding. Or we will be communicating poorly or differently because we're not used to having half our face closed off, right? We communicate a lot through our faces. So if we can approach this nonverbal communication with the more friendly and openness to the world, if we can give everyone the benefit of the doubt and believe that people are generally doing the best they can and no harm, no foul, right? They weren't intending to misunderstand us. Uh, we weren't intending to miscommunicate and cause hurt. Then we're all going to do a lot better. Yeah, sometimes I get angry. Sometimes I get my feelings hurt. Things go wrong or in ways that I don't like. But usually it's because somebody else had something else on their mind. It has nothing to do with me. Don't take it personally. Be open. Be friendly. Give others the benefit of the doubt and we'll all do better. All right. How can we understand and communicate better through our nonverbal Skills, gestures, pace, seeing words, those kind of things. Tone of voice, right? One thing to keep in mind is slow your roll. I am not good at this. I am not good at this. Slow your roll. I process things very quickly. I didn't say correctly. I didn't say I'm always right, but I process things quickly. And so I have to remember to slow down. Take in all the nonverbal cues, the expression, the gaze from their eyes, the way they're moving their body, the way they're standing open or closed, right? Do they have their arms crossed? Are they moving their eyebrows into maybe a smile or frown or confusion? I need to pay attention to all those details and that takes time. Slow your roll. Give people time to speak. Listen well and watch how they're speaking, how they're standing, how they're moving to support their language with gestures. You know, listen to their words, but watch closely as they move their body. And the body language in this case can provide an exclamation point onto the feelings, intentions, ideas. So take it slow. Uh, I need to step back, which is good because we're keeping our six feet distance or more and really look into people's eyes and really look how they're moving in their personal space before I react or respond to make sure I heard them and understand the meaning behind their words. 
Right. Like I said, when I, I'm very sarcastic. And when I use that sarcastic uh, form of humor, what I'm, what my words mean are different than what I mean. It's easy to be confused. So we need to slow our roll, give time for people to move and respond with their words and watch their expressions around their eyes and with their arms and how they're standing. After my trip to the drugstore, you know, my forehead felt so tired. It's because I was really working on my eye movement and my eyebrows. And I probably looked a little crazy because I was all over the place. But we are crinkling and wrinkling the muscles around our eyes all the time. And now it's more important than usual because people are really using the eyes as an anchor. And your eyebrows can communicate a lot of information. So that's another nonverbal thing to keep in mind. Bring light and energy into your gaze. Have your eyes match what you're saying to communicate your feelings. And then reinforce that with your words. If you're feeling sad, let that sadness come into your eyes. It'll happen unconsciously most often. And then back that up with your words. It's okay to say I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling lonely. But it's this whole body communication now that we don't have words and mouths alone to watch. A lot can be communicated with your eyebrows. <laughs> I'm learning. I look like a little Muppet, I think. Think of that, you know, on the Muppet show, those, they could control their eyebrows. And a lot of the Muppets, these puppets could be understood just by how they move their eyes. So keep that in mind when you're communicating too. When you're speaking, regulate your tone and your pacing. Demonstrate your words with your actions. So when I was in the drugstore, my daughter couldn't really see the shock I experienced over the hair color she picked out. Um, but I communicated it differently. And that's a good thing, by the way, because she's a teenager. And uh, had I registered all this frustration and disgust I was showing for the initial color she picked, uh, that probably would have been the one she went with. But instead, that was closed off by my mask. And I was able to use a calm tone and slow pacing to make another suggestion. And I backed up that tone and those words by giving her some other examples by physically reaching for them, right? If you are asking somebody to do something Make sure your gestures line up with your words. That's a, a one-two punch of communication. So demonstrate. When I'm cooking or teaching my daughter things in the kitchen, I am talking while I'm showing her how thinly I want the carrots sliced. We're not mind readers. And when you are blocking off a major source of communication through our mouths right now, it's really tough to communicate even the basic message. So take extra time to do that communicate those messages by regulating your tone and your pacing and then use gestures. You know, we are doing air hugs wherever we go to uh, signify that I want to hug people, that I love them, that I miss them. You know, I'm, I uh, am finding other ways through a lighter tone or a quieter voice sometimes to communicate that I'm empathetic that I'm concerned, that I care about where they've been. Um, we do this all the time as parents and how we talk to each other in our homes 
differs when we're out in public and we talk to our friends and and even the strangers out there, right? We have different audiences. But our families often, when we're out in public, are closed off to us too. They can't see us smiling. So good-natured teasing sometimes doesn't feel like a joke. Be cautious of that and go easy. Slow your roll and regulate your tone and your pacing. This is especially important right now because so many people are stressed out. This has been a hard time. We don't need to intensify the stress by increasing our, our tone or the loudness of our voice. And I'm just a, a loud talker anyhow. So this is something I'm really working to modify in my house. Um, we are really intense, passionate communicators, my daughter and I. So we get excited. We'll squeal or we'll holler when we're mad, when we're happy, when we're excited. My husband did not come from a background like that. And the times people raised their voices in his home were very frustrating and upsetting. So we've had to find a way to communicate a middle ground here. He understands that we're going to get excited and our tone and voices are going to go up, but we have learned to back off that a little bit and use a more playful tone when we communicate with those raised voices so he can also understand the nuances. Communication is tough, no question. And it requires us, especially now, to be more deliberate than we ever have been, to choose our words and our gestures carefully so that we are clearly understood. And simply start today. That's where we're going to start today is focus on making eye contact with everyone you greet or meet at home or wherever you happen to be at the gas station when you're filling up the tank when you're six feet away in the drugstore we are coming in contact with each other and yet it's harder than ever before to feel connected you know it's still important to stay physically distant but when we get a glimpse of each other Despite all this craziness, we need to make eye contact. It's the way of connecting and validating the experience of another. And it's a huge gift of kindness. It's tough in the beginning because it can feel very vulnerable, particularly with a stranger. We can't just have this blank smile as we walk through and expect that to be seen, right? So we need to take a minute to look at one another in the eyes. And it does feel vulnerable, but it's also empowering for both of you because this kind of eye contact and connection breaches the loneliness that many people are feeling and helps us all feel better. It changes our mood. So, in fact, other research shows that it's the eye contact that is helping us feel connected even when we are housebound and physically distant. Texting isn't helping as much. It helps us communicate a message, but it doesn't help us feel connected. Phone calls, according to the studies, help us a little more. They help us feel better, but they're still not as good as Zoom calls where we can see each other and look at each other's faces and make eye contact. That is the key. So simply start today by making eye contact with the people you live with and all of the people that you encounter in your day, whether you're living with them or seeing them at a distance, it makes everybody feel better to feel like they're seen, right? And this is not just stuff we need to practice now, right? We communicate with nonverbal communication all of the time, whether we have a mask on or not. So this is a great opportunity to really practice these things and get better at it. 
so that we become better communicators throughout our lives in every area, whether it's in the cubicles with our colleagues at work or at the family dinner table or with our parents when we're celebrating holidays or seeing each other or our friends or every happy hour, right? These are good skills for us to pick up and get better at it. It's a gift to the people we're communicating with. That brings us to the Simply Nifty segment, things that I like or use or things that have reminded me and perked me up in my day. Today's Simply Nifty. And, and you know, if you want to nerd out on this nonverbal stuff, which which I do, by the way, this is the stuff exactly that I want to nerd out on. This is why I do the podcast, so I have an excuse to learn about all these things, how we work, how we be ourselves. And uh, today, the Simply Nifty is a good article on a site at Very Well Mind. You can find it at www.verywellmind.com. Verywellmind.com. When you get to that site, search for types of nonverbal communication and check out the details and the diagrams in that article there. You're going to learn about things like proxemics and other fancy terms that really influence how we connect to each other. You know, proxemics, I just put it in there because I told you I was a nerd now and I like saying the word proxemics. It's it's a cool word, but it's a simple word for personal space, right? How we get close to each other or not. And that has shifted too. We are further from each other now physically. So it's important to know how to handle our own personal space. It's a way of communicating as well. And we need to do it in a way that feels safe to us without adding distance psychologically or appearing threatening to others now that we're so far away, right? We're standing afar and needing to make eye contact that can feel threatening to some. So this site will talk to you more about it. And it's, it's a, it's a cool thing to think about all these nuances of how we relate to one another. Check it out at Very Well Mind. And check out the link. I'll put it in the show description as well. Or you can uh, hit me up again on Facebook at P.L. Campbell. Send me a DM and I'll send you that information if you want it. Take a minute to think how you're showing up in the world this week. Mask and all, right? And today, take a minute to slow down, to connect, and make eye contact in this ever-changing world. I think when we do that, when we look each other in the eyes... Even now, we have a chance to uh, strengthen relationships, validate one another, support one another. And I think when we do those things, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Tricast.